Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. If we think of the Torah as a book of laws, which at least in part it is, the first place where it really begins to sound like a book of laws is in Parsha's bow. Although there are a few mitzvahs and a few laws scattered about in Sefer Bracious, but it really at no time or almost at no time sounds like a book of laws. But here in Parsha's bow, we begin to have rather long passages telling us what the mitzvahs are and how to do them. Let us take a look at one of these passages. And this is Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron speaking to the Bnei Yisrael uh, just before, on the evening before the exodus from Mitzrayim. Hashem el Moshe And Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron. Zos hukas ha-pasach. This is the law of the Korban Pesach. Kol ben nechar lo yechal bo. Every foreigner may, may not eat from it. No foreigner may eat from the Korban Pesach. Let's take a look at Rashi here. Kol ben nechar. Rashi says, shenis nakru ma'asov the phrase ben nechar means anyone whose actions have become nachri, have become foreign to his far, to his father in heaven, to God. And so therefore both a non-Jew or a Jew who is a mashumid, a Jew who has totally rejected the Torah, both of them are included in this prohibition that such a person may not eat from the Korban Pesach. Let's continue. As usual, all the things that I, that I highlighted 10 minutes ago are no longer highlighted. Okay. What, I, what I'm supposed to do about that, I'm not sure. Let's continue. And any slave of a person who has been bought with money, you will circumcise him and then he will eat from the Korban Pesach. Here, Rashi quotes a machlekes. Rashi says, Umalta oso, oz You will circumcise him, and then he will eat. So the question is, who will eat? Rashi says, Rabo, meaning when the master will circumcise the Evid, then the master will be permitted to eat from the Korban Pesach, but not before then. Magid, this tells us, this teaches us, that the circumcisions of one's servants, of one's slaves, prevents the master from eating in the Korban Pesach, meaning a person, a Jew who owns Avadim, that Jew is not allowed to eat from the Korban Pesach if his slaves have not yet been circumcised. Divi Rabbi Yeshua. These are the words of Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Eliezer Aimer, no, the circumcision of the slaves does not prevent the master from eating from the Korban Pesach. Rather, so what does the Pesach mean? That after following the circumcision, he may eat? 
It means if a person owns an Evid Ivri, not, not an Evid Ivri, an Evid Kanani, a non-Jewish slave, that non-Jewish slave may not eat from the Korban Pesach until and unless he has been circumcised. Let's continue. And here's the Pesach that I would like to focus on the most. Toshav v'sachir lo yechal bo. Now what does this mean, Toshav v'sachir? Just on a surface, uh, literal translation level, Toshav means a resident, and a sachir means a hired person, a hired employee. So a Toshav and a sachir may not eat from the Korban Pesach. So Rashi here explains, literally minutes ago that I highlighted this, Toshav, Zeha Ger Toshav. This refers to a Ger Toshav. What is a Ger Toshav? A Ger Toshav is a non-Jew who has, for whatever reason, decided to live in Eretz Yisrael, and he has accepted upon, accepted upon himself the Sheva Mitzvah Bene Nayach, the seven Noachide laws. He may continue to eat non-kosher food. He may continue to do Malacha on Shabbos but he is in a, like a permanent resident status in Eretz Yisrael. He must accept upon himself not to serve idolatry and the other mitzvahs that non-Jews are obligated in. But such a person, that this Pesach is telling us that such a person may not eat from the Korban Pesach. V'sachir, and what is a sachir? Zagoy. This refers just to a non-Jew. Well, obviously we're not talking about a non-Jew living in Paris or in Afghanistan they wouldn't be around to eat the Korban Pesach anyway. We're talking about a non-Jew who has been hired to work in Eretz Yisrael, and he has now perhaps come with his master to celebrate Pesach, not his master, but his employer, to celebrate uh, Pesach, maybe maybe to serve the, the Jew in some way as an employee. But his status is, this person is a goy, and therefore he is not permitted to eat from the Korban Pesach. Now Rashi asks Akasha. I mean, we should note before we continue that in and of itself, it seems like a good enough explanation. Uh, if we want to translate the word sachir. Okay, Rashi says it means a non-Jew. Does it fit? Does that fit into the Pasik? I would say it fits into the Pasik very nicely. The Pasik is telling us that a non-Jew is not allowed to eat a Korban Pesach. That's a reasonable Pasik. I mean, if that's what the Pasuk is saying, I don't think there's any big problem with it. But Rashi has a problem. Rashi says, What is this Pasuk coming to tell us? That a Goy is not allowed to eat from the Korban Pesach. Are not they included in the category of a Reilim? Or aren't they uncircumcised? The Nemar, and it says in a Pasuk a little bit later, about 30 psukim later, more than 30 psukim later, it says, Kol arel lo There is a separate pasuk that says, any uncircumcised person may not eat from the Korban Pesach. So here you have this, this person from France or, or Timbuktu or wherever. He's, he's a, he's a non-Jew. He is not circumcised. So he should be disqualified from eating the Korban Pesach because he's an arel, because he is non-circumcised. Why do we need a special word, a special pasuk to say, Sahir, that he's not allowed? So Rashi answers, It's talking here about a circumcised Arab or a circumcised Givaini, 
as we know, even today, Arabs uh, are circumcised. They circumcise themselves because uh, they consider themselves to be the descendants of Yishmael. And Yishmael, it's written in the Torah that he was circumcised by his father, Avraham. So this Pasuk is talking about an Arvi Mohul, a circumcised Arab, or some other non-Jew who is circumcised. And he is either a, uh, a resident or a hired worker in the Jewish country, in Eretz Israel. So he would not have been excluded from eating the Korban Pesach by the Pasuk that says, that would not exclude him. But he is excluded because uh, we have now a special Pasuk that is saying that because he is in the category of Taisha Visachir, he is not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach. I'd like to raise a couple of questions on this Pasuk. First, a technical question. Rashi here establishes the Pshat in the Pasuk. He says we are talking about either a Ger Toshav or a Goy. That's what it means, Toshav Vesachir. And then he asks a question based on a Pasuk that we have not learned yet, based on a Pasuk that is uh, more than 30 psukim ahead of us. And as I have said many times, it is generally not Rashi's practice to ask questions based on later psukim. Generally speaking, if a Pasuk is good on its own terms, but it is perhaps contradicted by some later Pasuk, Rashi will save that question for later. When you come to the later Pasuk, which pushes, which forces that contradiction into our faces, then Rashi will deal with it. But if the Pasuk in and of itself is understandable and sensible, Rashi will leave it alone until later. And it would seem that that's what we have over here. The Pasuk says that Teshav and Esachir may not eat from the Korban Pesach. Rashi said, a Teshav is a goy who has accepted upon himself the seven mitzvahs. Okay, but he's still a goy. He's not a Jew. And a Sakhir is just a goy. He's just a hired worker who, who is not Jewish at all. And, and so the, the Pasuk is saying they may not eat from the Korban Pesach. That does not in and of itself seem to be problematic. So why would Rashi bring in now that there's another Pasuk later in the Torah that uh, seems to make this Pasuk superfluous? That seems to be Shaloi Kederach. That seems to be not according to Rashi's usual way of doing things. We could answer this question, I think, in two ways. One very simple way to answer it is that although the Pasuk that Rashi invokes in order to ask his question has not been learned yet by us, it's, it's 30 some odd psukim ahead of us, but it is in the same parsha, it is in the same Indian, it's in the same topic of Korban Pesach. So perhaps Rashi looked at all of these psukim about Korban Pesach. He looked upon them all as chativa achat, as, as one section. And therefore, uh, he could ask from one section upon the other, even before he comes to the sex, second section. Perhaps. I think a stronger answer is that Rashi's question here, let me put this in a different color, that although this is based on a later Pusuk, it's not a question on our Pusuk, and it's a question on Rashi. 
And let me elaborate. These words, Taishav is Zachir, it is not obvious that they mean what Rashi says they mean. In fact, there are other explanations. On this very same Pasek, the Ibn Ezra explains the Psukim. Ibn Ezra explains these Psukim differently. Ibn Ezra says Taishav means Mi Yisrael. Let me highlight this and then we'll read it. Ibn Ezra says as follows on this Pasek. Taishav Mi Yisrael. The word Taishav is referring to a Jew. O Sachir, or a hired worker, Lo Yechal Bepischai, may not eat from the Korban Pesach, Im Lo Yechos Al Haseh, Kamishbat Kol Ha'ida. If he is not counted upon the sheep, according to the law of the whole congregation. Ibn Ezra is saying that this, that the point of this Pesach is that a Jew who was, did not become part of a Chabura, he did not become part of a group, and he did not become uh, enlisted or registered uh, upon a certain animal, for that to be his Korban Pesach, for him to be part of the group that is bringing that particular animal. So such a person, even though he's a full-fledged Jew, but uh, he is not permitted to eat. In other words, this Pesach is saying that you must register in advance to be part of a Korban Pesach. If you don't do so, you may not eat from any Korban Pesach. You're considered just a Taishav and a Sakhir. You're not, uh, you're just some fellow who lives in the land or some fellow who is, uh, perhaps you're an employee of somebody, but you're not a member of any Korban Pesach group. And therefore, this Pesach is, is, is saying, Lo I'm sure Rashi was uh, at least conscious of the possibility of explaining the Pesach like this. Uh, halachically, it is sound. What the Ibn Ezra is saying is, in fact, the halacha. So I'm sure Rashi was aware of this, this possibility. Secondly, the same two words, Teshav v'sachir, in a different place in the Torah, Rashi, explained, Rashi himself explained differently. We have in Parshas Emor a number of psukim which talk about truma about the uh, kind of the uh, food that a, that a Yisrael grows in Eretz Yisrael. So a portion of that food must be given to a Koyan. And the food uh, obtains a certain sanctity and no one but a Koyan is allowed to eat it upon penalty of death, death by the heavenly court. Now here we have a Pasuk, Perik Chof Beis Pasuk Yud, V'chol Zor L'Yechal Kodesh. No foreigner, meaning no non-Kohen, may eat this holy food. Even the Toshav of a Kohen, we'll see in a minute what the word Toshav means here, but even the Toshav of a Kohen or his Sakhir may not eat the Kodesh. So let's see how Rashi explains this here. Toshav Kohen Visakhir, Toshavo Shel Kohenu First, we'll just see this bit of Rashi. Rashi says it means the Toshav who belongs to a Kohen or his Sakhir. And now Rashi says, Ve'ezehu Toshav. Who is this person who is called here a Toshav? Zenirza. This is a Evid Ivri who worked for six years, had a chance to go free, decided he likes it where he is. And therefore he has his ear pierced and he remains until the, the next 
Yoival. That's called an Eved Ivri Nirza, as it is uh, explained and presented in Parshas Mishpatim. This Toshav is a Nirza, Shekoni Ad Yoival. He is acquired to his master, to his Jewish master, until Yoival. That's the Toshav that's referred to here. Bezehu Sachir, and who's the Sachir? Zekonui Kinyan Shonim This is referring to an Evan Ivri who has been uh, purchased by his master for six years, a Kinyan Shanim, an acquisition just for a certain very limited number of years, who leaves after six years. So Rashi says, here the Pasik is coming and teaches you. The body of these avadim, whether nirza or not nirza, is not, has not been acquired by the master to the extent that the person may eat from the master's truma. The point is like this. Uh, when a Jew owns an Evid Kanani, a non-Jewish slave, so that is called a Kenyan Aguf. The Jew literally owns the body of that Evid. Uh, probably what is called in English chattel slavery, although I don't want to get involved in the precise legal meaning of that term, but it is probably equivalent or very close to being equivalent. The, the Jew, the master, literally owns that person. And therefore, an evident Kanani who belongs to a Kayan may eat from the trauma that the Kayan receives because he's like part of the Kayan. He is completely owned by that Kayan. However, a Jew who is in servitude a Jew who is an Evid Ivri and is working either until, until the end of six years or perhaps he's working until the Yoivil, depending on his status. He is Ein Gufay Kanui Ladainov. His body is not acquired by the master. He does not literally belong to the master. There is a work arrangement. He has contracted himself out to work for a certain term, but he is not owned as a piece of property. And therefore, he cannot eat from the Kayan's truma. He's a Jew. He's not a Kayan. If he is a Kayan, he could eat truma because he's a Kayan. But we're talking here where he's not a Kayan on his own right. He is not uh, an acquisition of the Kayan. He is not literally the property of the Kayan either because he's only an Evid Ivri. And therefore, he may not eat from the Kayan's truma. Now, what do we see from all of this? Why is this relevant? Because here we have the same two words, Toshav and Sochir, and Rashi explains them entirely differently. Rashi says Toshav means an Evid Ivri who is Nirza, and a Sochir is a regular Evid Ivri. So when we go back to our original Pasuk, and we see that Rashi defines Toshav and Sochir differently, Rashi knew that he was uh, going out on a limb some, somewhat. He knew that he is saying a Chiddush. He knew, I'm sure, that Teshav Vesachir perhaps could have been explained the way Ibn Ezra explains it. He certainly knew that Teshav and Sakhir could be explained the way he himself explained it in Parshas Emor. And therefore, this question that Rashi asks, aren't these people Arelim? And don't we already, isn't there a Pasuk elsewhere that says that Arelim, that non-circumcised people may not eat from the Korban Pesach? This is not a question on the Pasuk itself. This is a question on Rashi. It's a question on himself. This I have said many times, that when Rashi has a question on himself, he will, first of all, 
state it. Um, he will state it explicitly. He will not expect you to know what the question is. And secondly, he will base that question upon even psukim that we haven't learned yet. He will go to the other end of Tanakh if necessary to point out questions on himself. That's his derech. What his derech is not is that if you have a posik that makes good sense on its own, he will not raise his hand like the little boy in the back of the classroom and say, yeah, but I learned ahead. I know others for him that say that this isn't so. That Rashi doesn't do. Okay, that is a technical question and a technical answer. There's another question, which is raised by the commentator, Chizkoni, and that has, of course, also disappeared. Let me bring it up on the screen. Chizkoni here quotes the Rashi that uh, that uh, Toshav means Ger Toshav, and um, here, let's let's take a look at the Chizkuni. It's just a few lines. He says, Pirish Rashi means Rabbeinu Shlomo Rashi. For some reason, he doesn't call him Rashi. It's Zeger Toishov. The word Toishov means a Ger Toishov. Perush, what does this mean? Klemar, this means to say, He has accepted upon himself not to do idolatry, but he is still permitted to eat Nevela. He's permitted to eat non kosher food. He's a goy. Now, Miskuni raises a question. Even though in Parshas Emor, Rashi explains the word Teshav differently. He says the word Teshav refers to an Evid Ivri Nirza, to an Evid Ivri who has had his ear pierced and is going to work all the way until Yavah. So he's raising the, a question, why in fact does Rashi explain this word one way here and a different way in Parshas Emor? The Chizkuni gives a very cryptic teretz. He says, Yesh Lomar, we can say, Hasem betruma v'hacha bepesach. Here it's talking about, there over there in Emor, it's talking about truma. Here, it's talking about Pesach. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't explain what's the difference. But I think if we, if we just think about it a little bit, we can see a very interesting and important difference. When it comes to truma, you must either be a kayan, that's what truma is. Truma is food that is given to a kayan, or you must belong to a kayan. You must be the property or the very close relative of the kayan. The kayan's children, uh, hey, all right, his sons are kahanim on their own right. His daughters are not kahanim, but they may eat of his truma. His wife is not a kayan, but she is his, uh, she is his atzmi uh, ubisari. She is the very close relative to her husband. She is permitted to eat his truma. And what Rashi says there is that a um, okay. That that's the that's the gedda. That is the the sense of the halacha by truma. You must either be a koyan to eat truma, or you must must be someone who belongs or is really really strongly attached to a koyan. Now, it would not make sense to have a Pusik saying that even a goy who had bris mila may not eat truma. 
when Rashi saw the words Teshav v'Zochir in the pasuk about Truma, it would not have made sense for Rashi to say that a Teshav and a Zochir are referring to non-Jews who did have a bris milah. Because that's very nice, they had a bris milah. That doesn't make them kahanim. That doesn't even make us begin to think that they're kahanim. There's no reason to exclude them. There's no, no one would ever think that they could eat truma. And therefore, Rashi says that what is this mute? What is this exclusion that the Torah is making here? That the teshav and the sachir of the kayan may not eat truma. It's talking about someone who is, first of all, Jewish, and second of all, has a very close relationship to the Kayan, but not quite enough. Who is that person? That is a Evid Ivri who belongs to the Kayan. And even if he's got Evid Ivri for the long term, he's going to be working him, working for this Kayan for many years, all the way until Yevil, but still he is not Gufai Konui La Dainav, as Rashi says. His body is not purchased and not owned by his master. His work is owned. He has a contract to work under certain terms, but not his body, not his self. And therefore here, when Rashi saw the words Teshav and Sahir, it was only logical to say that it is referring to Ebed Kanani. However, Masha'inkain, when we go back to our Pasuk about Korban Pesach, what is the qualification to eat a Korban Pesach? You don't have to be a Koyan, but what you have to be is a Jew. And so here, Rashi couldn't say what he's, when he saw the words Teshav v'Sachir, he couldn't say what he said in Parshas Emor, that Teshav and Sachir refers to an Evid Ivri, and it's saying that an Evid Ivri may not eat from the Korban Pesach. Of course an Evid Ivri may eat from a Korban Pesach. An Evid Ivri is a Jew. Okay, for whatever reason, he has landed in this particular uh, situation where he has to work for this other person for a certain amount of time, but he is obligated in all mitzvahs. He's a Jew. He was born a Jew and he continues to be a Jew. So it would not have made any sense over here to identify Teshav and Sachir as being Evid Ivri. Rather, Rashi says that what this Pasuk is excluding is a Goy Mahol. It is referring to a non-Jew who, who for one reason or another did undergo circumcision. Now, what's the point of that? Why does that? Why is that worthy of being excluded from Korban Pesach? Why would we even think that a goy mohol, that a circumcised non-Jew, would be allowed to eat from the Korban Pesach? And the reason is because bris milah is number one, a pre pre prerequisite for eating the Korban Pesach, as we saw from the Pesach that Rashi quotes, kol arel do yechal boy, an uncircumcised person may not eat from the Korban Pesach. So this person, this non-Jew who is circumcised, he has uh, fulfilled at least one condition necessary in order to qualify to eat the Korban Pesach. And in addition, Rismila is a very important element of Jewish identity. Being circumcised is, is part of the definition of being a Jew. And of course, we see this in many, many places, but I would like to discuss one place in particular, which is also here 
in Parsha's bow, a very, very famous Rashi. Uh, it is a, uh, a passage in Rashi, which has, there are numerous questions that could be asked about it. It's worthy of a, of a lecture on its own, but we'll just take out one part. Rashi here quotes the famous uh, saying of Rabbi Masya ben Cheresh. And he just says as follows. Higia, he describes the situation just before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu surveyed the situation just before the exit from Mitzrayim. And he saw, he calculated that the Bnei Yisrael really don't have the merit to leave. They really don't deserve to leave. And therefore, in his kindness, Kodesh Baruch decided he will give us an opportunity to deserve to leave. Rashi says as follows, Kodesh Baruch Hu said, it has arrived the time to fulfill the oath that I made to Avraham that I will redeem his children. I promised Avraham Avinu that his children will go into exile, but I also promised him that I will take them out. The time has come. However, but they don't have in their hands any mitzvahs to be busy with in order that they should be redeemed. They, they need some zechus, they need some merit in order to be redeemed. Shenemar, as it says in a Pasuk in Yechesko, the Pasuk compares Klai Yisrael at that time to a, to a little girl who doesn't even have any clothes. She has nothing. So what did we have? So therefore, v'nasan lehem shtei mitzvahs. Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just before we left Egypt, gave, a, gave to them two mitzvahs. Dam Pesach v'dam Milo. He gave us the blood of the Korban Pesach. We should slaughter the Korban Pesach and put the blood on the doorpost and so on. That is explicit in the Chumash. There's no, no, no trick to find about where it says that. V'dam Milo. And he also gave them the blood of Mila, Rashi says, Shemolu ba'oso halayla, because they circumcised themselves on that night. Now that is not explicit in the Chumash. Rashi goes on to show us a Pesach and Navi, which uh, hints at it. We will take it, uh, we will take it on Rashi's word for the moment, that they circumcised themselves on that night. And the reason they did so is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them to do so, so that they would have a merit in order to go out of Mitzrayim. So you see that before they left Mitzrayim, they needed to do Dam Pesach and Dam Milo. The Gur'aryeh explains this very beautifully. Let's read a little bit of Gur'aryeh. He says, Dafka Elu Shnei Damim, Nasana Kodesh Baruchu Ligol Es Yisrael. It is specifically these two bloods that Kodesh Baruchu gave to the Jews in order that they should be Redeemed. Well, he could have given them other mitzvahs. He could have said, everybody put on tzitzis now. Everybody do this or do that. But he told them to bring the Korban Pesach and to do bris milah. The Gerari explains, because at the beginning, originally, we were slaves to Parai. But because of, by virtue of the bris milah, we became Avadim, we became servants to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Sharei mefarshim tam hamila, because they explain 
the reason for the bris milah, the idea of bris milah is because it is a sign that is roshom, that is engraved in the person's flesh that he is a servant to Akadosh Baruch because every slave, every servant needs a certain stamp, which stamps him as being the servant of the master. We'll skip a few words here. And this is what we say in the bracha that we make following a bris milah. We thank HaKadosh Baruch for this covenant that he has stamped into our flesh. Now, that's bris milo. What about Korban Pesach? Why did they have to bring the Korban Pesach before leaving Mitzrayim? Uh, we, today, we normally think of uh, the Korban Pesach as Zechali Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, that uh, we should bring the Korban Pesach. Uh, unfortunately, we can't do it at the moment. But we normally think that uh, we should bring the Korban Pesach because HaKadosh Baruch Hu once upon a time took us out of Mitzrayim, and it's not really just once upon a time, it's all the time, okay, all of the Torahs, but it's all because of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. But here, the, the, the Rashi and the, the, the way the Gurari is explaining it, it's going the other way around. We brought the Pesach, Korban Pesach before Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim in order to bring about Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. What, what's going on there? So the, the Gurari explains, just with Brismila, it was not enough to deserve leaving Mitzrayim. Because a servant needs to serve. You're not a real servant unless you have served the master in some way. You can have the uniform and the stamp, and you have been charged with the master to be his servant, but if you didn't actually do anything yet, you're not really a servant. If he does not actually serve, so then there is no servitude. Therefore, Therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to them the Korban Pesach, which is an Avoida. It's a service. In every place, we find all over the place in the Torah that the Korban Pesach in particular is referred to as Avoida, as it is written. There's a Pasek that says that uh, sometime in the future, your children will look at you bringing the Korban Pesach and they'll say, what's going on? What are the words that the children will say? What is this Avoida? What is this service that you are performing? The Nemar, the Oid Nemar, and it also says a Pasek, you will serve this Avoida, this act of servitude you will do in this month. So what the Gorari is saying, at least on a, the level that, that we can grasp, is that Brismila is a sign that is stamped on the flesh of a Jew, that he is a Jew, meaning that he is a servant to HaKadosh Baruch. Now, going back to our Pasek, we can now understand the Rashi. According to Rashi, what is this Pasek saying? They're saying that if you have a non-Jew who is circumcised, you might have thought that he's allowed to bring, that he's allowed to eat from the Korban Pesach. Kamash Malon, the Pasuk is telling us, such a person may not eat the Korban Pesach. What's the Havamino? What's the answer? The Havamino, the, the thought would be 
that that even a non-Jew who circumcised himself uh, has, in a certain extent, to, to a certain extent, accepted upon himself being a servant to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Particularly when you think about the Arbi Mohul, the circumcised Arab. I mean, why do the Arabs circumcise themselves? They circumcise themselves because they are following the example of their of their forefather, of their patriarch, Yishmael. And why did Yishmael have himself circumcised? Why was he circumcised? Because he was being entered into Brisa Shal Avram Avinu. I mean, his father was Avram. And then Avram was commanded to circumcise himself and to circumcise his household to, to make them into a special nation of servants to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So even today, Ad when a when an Arab uh, is circumcised it's to a certain sense, I mean, perhaps with certain misconceptions, but but basically, they are they are um, registering themselves, stamping themselves as servants of God. Okay, they say Allah, we say Hashem, but the supreme divine being. And so you might have thought that perhaps that's enough to eat the korban pesach. Kamash Malan, the pasuk is coming to tell us. No, that's that's not enough. They're not Jews yet. Yes, the this, the the the, the bris is something. The, the mila is of some value and of some meaning, but not totally. Not they're not Jews yet, and since they are not Jews, they may not eat from the korban pesach. 